Good morning, everyone. My name is Michael Metzger, and I'd like to welcome you to Home Church this morning. For those of you who are joining us on our live stream or on our podcast, uh, please know, guys, that we love you, we miss you, and we can't wait to see you here with us soon. So, church, we've got quite a few things to cover this morning, so we are going to jump right into it this morning. So first up, if we can please put our hands together and let's welcome Miss Anita as she joins us for Children's Church. Good morning, everybody. I have a little story to tell you. A couple weeks ago, I had a really, really important meeting at work. We were going to watch something on the screen, and it was dark, really, really dark. Everybody was quiet. Not a sound was being heard, and I was getting ready to talk. And all of a sudden, out with the people that were out in the audience there, I heard this grumble, grumble, grumble. (laughs) Do you know what it was? It always seems to happen happen at the worst possible time, right in the middle of a test or maybe in the middle of prayer. When everything is still and quiet, that's when it strikes, the dreaded gurgling and grumbling of your tummy. Yeah, what does it mean and why does it happen? Stomachs start to growl. Yep, they do, down in the stomach. You see, when you eat, your body squeezes its muscles to push the food through your system. Add to that some liquids and some juices, and it turns into a gooey, gooey mess. The gurgling comes when air and gases are added to this googly, googly, gooey mess. When those gases get squeezed by your stomach, The result is rumble, grumble, and growl. Those rumbles can happen at any time, but when there isn't much food in there, the grumbling really gets loud. Think of it as your body's way of telling you it's time to get a snack. Another part of your body that grumbles too, that's your mouth. When you've got homework or chores to do, Do you grumble? You know, do you argue? Do you complain? God sure hopes you don't. If you find your lips are making noises that they shouldn't, then stop. You are probably going to have to do that chore or that homework anyway. You might as well do it while you're smiling. In Philippians 4, excuse me, Philippians 2.14 it says, Do everything without finding fault or grumbling or arguing. When you need to do something you don't want to do, try remembering the amazing things that God has done for you every day and say thank you instead of complaining. You'll find that giving him praise will make you feel a whole lot better than grumbling to yourself. And you'll be making God smile too. In second service, we're going to continue our story about a girl named Grace and how she's learning about God's grace. Then we're going to meet some grumbling Israelites. 
they forgot all about God's grace. He took them out of slavery. He bought, got them food. He got them water. And still they grumbled. We need to find out what comes next for them. Have a blessed week, and remember, God loves you. All right, thank you, Miss Anita. So, just a couple of reminders, church. Um, first off, the home youth group is partnering with Operation Christmas Child, and they need our help. So please bring donations to be put in the shoe boxes by October the 31st. Uh, the teams are going to take these items, they're going to pack them up, and they're going to send them out. So there are bins that are back in the foyer here with ages and ideas for gifts on them. And if you guys have any questions at all, we would encourage you to reach out and talk to uh, Matt and Amanda Freeze uh, to answer those questions. Song and Word is Thursday night at 6.30. So we are encouraging you to come out and join us for worship, fellowship, and study. There is going to be something for everyone. So our Bible study groups include Spanish Bible study, men's Bible study, women's Bible study, co-ed Bible study. We've got youth group going on. Kids quizzing is taking place. And we also have nursery that is available for the little ones. Next week is our Joy Potluck after second service, so we would encourage you to bring your favorite dish to share at the potluck. Our Harvest Fest is taking place on Friday, October the 29th from 6 to 8, and we are asking that you would bring individually wrapped candy to help us with this outreach. Church, I know we didn't do a caffeine check this morning, but for those of you who might need the boost, our home cafe is going to be officially opening in the next couple of weeks. So we are going to have some delicious coffee, pastries, and lots more for you guys to be able to enjoy. Home Church is also going to be putting on a Christmas play this year on Christmas Eve. So we are asking for volunteers for everything. So we need actors, people to help out with props, set hands. So if you are interested in helping out in any way, um, Miss Amanda Freeze has a sign-up sheet, and she will be back in the foyer, so you can uh, stop by and talk with her. All right. So church, now we are going to uh, ask Mr. Josh Wood, if we can have Pastor Josh come forward, and he is going to share about our men's Bible study. was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. Have you ever read that before? That's how the Gospel of John starts out. It's John chapter 1, verse 1. The Gospel of John tells the greatest of all stories. What Jesus lived is the foundation of all others. All stories preceding and stories since echo what God did at this moment in history. It's the most profound of all love stories tragedies and comedies it's what every fantasy and myth wants to be it's what c.s lewis described as the myth 
become fact. Isn't that cool? Well, just a real quick update uh, to keep you in the loop on the men's Bible study. Last week we began our study with John chapter 9, where we are reminded that time is limited, so beware of distractions. And this week we'll be moving on to John chapter 10. We'll be discussing how Jesus is the only way to God. So if you are a men, I want to encourage you to jump in and join us on Thursday nights at 630 uh, in the gym. It's a great time of fellowship, a chance to learn and grow, and it's a safe place where you don't have to be afraid to ask questions. Okay, so bring your Bible and a pencil so you can take notes. Hope to see you there. Thank you, Pastor Josh. Church, now we are uh, going to put our hands together and welcome Mr. Mike Dresback. Uh, Mike has an announcement from our church board this morning. Good morning, saints. Good morning, sinners. Yeah, it's, that was about right. A little louder on the second time. We are all saints, but we're also all sinners in this world. And I tell you what, I am so glad to be here this morning at this church, at my home, where we can worship the Lord. And what's so cool about the Church of the Nazarene is, is every October, we honor our pastors. And it's not a time to put them on a pedestal because they're just, they're just people like us. They just probably read the Bible a lot more, right? Um, so this is a time of year that, that we can take it, uh, just write a little note, have a card, uh, just especially prayer, right? I mean, we're going into the, into the winter season, into the holiday season, and, uh, you know, Satan really loves to come after us this time of year because, you know, Christ was born in December. Well, we celebrate it in December, and uh, Satan's going to want to, want to come after us and maybe he doesn't come after you that much but you know who he comes after he comes after pastors he comes after carlos you know and he's going to do everything he can to kind of take him down knock him down a couple steps and that's why we need to pray for him that's also why we can celebrate him this month and just give him a hug well a distant hug an air air shake whatever um I tell you, Carlos has been there for me a couple times, and it's been really, really nice to be able to talk to somebody that I, I can just be open with. Somebody that's younger than me, has a little different view of stuff, and he can help me see things that maybe I didn't see. He can help me hear the word of the Lord a little better. You know, sometimes, well, not sometimes, God is talking to us all the time, so we just don't always listen. But sometimes through the help of a, of a good pastor like my brother Carlos, Sometimes you hear what you need to hear. So this month is Pastor Appreciation Month. So there's a basket in the back where you can leave a card or a note. There's little slips of paper. Um, you can write something really cool like, you know, Carlos, you're snazzy or something like that, you know. <laughs> Just leave it in there. But remember, um, the note's important, but prayer is the most important part. Thanks. Thank you, Mike. Church, we are uh, now ready to move into our time of tithe and offerings. So again, we want to thank you for remaining faithful in your tithes and offerings. We have three convenient ways for you to be able to continue your giving. Uh, we encourage you to continue giving online. 
You can uh, also drop your tithe in our offering box here in the sanctuary if you're with us. Or you can also mail a check to our church offices. Church, if you would, go ahead and bow your heads with me as we pray this morning. Heavenly Father, we thank you for another beautiful morning. And we thank you for the opportunity for us to meet together in your house to worship you, God. Father, I pray that all of our offerings given today are done so out of love. We are fortunate to experience your blessings every single day, God. And your blessings are always given to us freely and with a never-ending love, God. Father, you loved us all the way to the cross. May we love you enough to give you what is already yours. Bless these tithes and offerings today, God. Lord, we love you, and I pray these things in your mighty name. Amen. Amen. God, I'm on my knees again. God, I'm begging, please again. I need you. Lord, I need you. Walking down these desert roads, water for my thirsty soul. I need you. Oh, Lord, I need you. sound of a symphony to my ears it's like holy water on my skin
your grace. God, I need it every day. It's the only thing that ever really makes me want to change. I don't want to abuse your grace. God, I need it every day. It's the only thing that ever really makes me want to change. Your forgiveness is like sweet, sweet honey. Like the sound of a symphony to my ears It's like holy water on my skin Your forgiveness It's like sweet, sweet honey on my lips It's like the sound of a symphony to my ears It's like holy
songs, Lord, that you give to us to praise you, to worship you, to pierce our hearts, Lord. We just pray, Lord, that um, if there's anybody here this morning that doesn't know you, we pray that the worship, the words that our pastor has to say to us this morning would just change lives today, Lord. I pray, Lord, that you would just anoint our pastor as he brings the message that you have given him, Lord that you would speak through him, that we would be listening, Lord, 
with our hearts, our minds, our souls, Lord. We just praise you, Lord. We praise you for our pastor and his family, Lord. We just lift them up to you this morning. We thank you for the worship. We thank you that you have given us a new day, Lord. We just praise you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Let's give the Lord a clap offering this morning. Amen. Let's sing it out one more time. So when I fight, I'll fight on my knees with my hands lifted high. Oh God, the battle belongs to you. Every fear I lay at your feet. I'll sing through the seated this morning. Thank you so very much. Amen. Well, I gotta say, I'm excited for this coffee shop. I was talking to uh, Catherine, who was saying that there's a special coffee they make called the, I, I guess it was the, called the Mike Dresbach Special, but when yeah, I talked to you, Mike, you, you said it was called something else. What was it? The Asphalt Highway. And I guess it has a shot of espresso, or what is it? Four shots of espresso. So it's four shots of espresso with a little chocolate. So if anybody wants the asphalt special, be ready. Okay, amen. Yeah, for sure, for sure. Amen. So before we start, I want to share something with uh, the church. There's... Um, Obviously, uh, I just want to say thank you for your patience regarding this remodel. We're still not done. Uh, there's still so much to do, so much we got going on. Uh, time and parts and time and money and time. But we will get there, amen? amen. amen. But thank you for your patience. Uh, but who's liking it? Yeah. Amen? I, yeah, it's beautiful. Um, but... The, we have a little area that for many years have was kind of just never really been used. We only had some chairs there and every now and then some kids would sit down. But uh, a vision that God's given us, we want to uh, take this wall that's kind of curved. Who knows the wall I'm talking about? That's curved over here on the side. It's kind of, and uh, so there it is right there. 
and we want to turn it into a, um, uh, the, the thing that I saw was a, because um, I mean, our church is big on missions, yeah. amen, and we want to change it to a missions wall uh, to be reminded that we're a global church, so we want to have the world, and obviously it's kind of bunched up right now, but the world will, it'll look like a giant globe, and where our church has been, and where we've supported, and where we've invested, where we've sent people, we'll have little lights shining in those areas. Amen. Thank you. Amen. Thank you. Um, and then we'll have uh, some seating area for, you know, uh, it'll be more of the, the calm section, you know. So when Pastor Steve Scott comes, my pastor, and he doesn't want to deal with all the coffee and the cinnamon bonds and all that stuff, he'll come over here and sit down and have a conversation with me and chew my butt out, you know what I'm saying? That kind of stuff, you know, it'll be, it'll be an area where it'll be a stu studious um, area. We'll have a little library over there, and so I'm so excited. So I just wanted to share that with you guys. Um, I don't do that enough, and um, I need to do that more often. I'm always with this. I want to surprise the church. I always like to surprise people, but uh, so I hope you enjoy that. So get ready for the world missions area. Amen. Who's ready? Amen. Thank you. Who's ready for the word this morning? Amen. Amen. Luke chapter 6, if you could turn. Luke chapter 6. Turn there with me, please. Um, I felt stirred to preach this simple message. I believe God is going to help uh, some people this morning. Um, there was a woman by the name of Don Lynn Andrews. She bought some travel insurance for an upcoming trip to London. And unlike some people, she actually sat down and read the contract. Um, Unlike myself, I just sign away. And in doing so, she discovers the insurance company embedded a contest into the legal uh, contract policy description. She found the statement, if you read this far, you are one of the few customers to review their policy and then instructed the reader to send an email to a certain email address, and she did. And because she was the first one to do so, she won $10,000. And she says she plans to use it for her next upcoming trip. As hard as it can be sometimes, how many of you know it's wise to read through the fine print? And um, this couldn't be any more true than the kingdom of God, because there are, these issues here are eternal. And uh, the difference is God's not trying to hide anything from us, amen? Uh, matter of fact, my Bible even has Christ's words in bold red. And there's, so there's no hidden agenda. There's no smoking mirrors. Uh, they, they, God puts it out there for us to, to see. When it comes to the kingdom of God, I want to preach a sermon I've entitled Believe, which I love that word, believe. I love the word, believe. Who have seen the believe sign in downtown? Believe. Isn't that cool? Believe. Believe to disciple. Let's read Luke chapter 6, verse 39. Turn with me. And he spoke a parable to them. Can the blind lead the blind? Will they not both fall into a ditch? A disciple is not above his teacher, but everyone who is perfectly trained will be like his teacher. I want to look at first at the neglected truth. 
The modern world has attempted to reduce Christianity to, to a loose group of people like myself that give a mental thought or assent to a certain principle or principles in life. And to do that, the church world is emphasizing what is basically English language interpretation of a Bible word that we say, and that is believe. Somebody say believe. 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 That's the word emphasized right now. Am I right? Believe. If you just believe. The world's even taken the word. If you just believe in yourself, believe. Nothing wrong with believe. But they're even taking it. Believe. If you can just believe. If you just believe. If you simply believe in Jesus Christ, the Son of God, and you are a believer. And now you are saved, but what's so sad is nothing else is required or said about lifestyle or commitment. And the problem with that is the Bible wasn't written in English, amen? Right, Matt? Yeah. Um, the Greek word believe does not mean to give mental assent. On the contrary... The Greek word believe means right here. Let's read right here. It says to be fully persuaded to the point of being totally committed and reliant upon. In our text, Jesus Christ himself paints a completely different picture right here. He's trying to show, he's trying to show the disciples something. He paints something different, what it means to be a Christian. Verse 40, he uses the word disciple. Somebody say disciple. disciple. Thank you for your cooperation. Check something out. The word believer, listen to me, the word believer is never, I had too much time on my hands this week. The word believer is never used in the New Testament. The word believers is only used twice in the entire New Testament. And the words disciple and disciple is used 272 times. I think it's time we put our emphasis on from believer to disciple. Disciple. Verses 46 through 49 right here explains a little more about what this looks like, what I'm trying to convey here. But why do you call me Lord, Lord, and do not do the things which I say? Whoever comes to me and hears my sayings and does them will show, I will show you whom he is like. He is like a man building a house who dug deep and laid the foundation on the rock. And when the flood arose, the stream beat vehemently against the house and could not shake it, for it was founded on the, thank you, but he who heard and did nothing is like a man who built a house on the earth without a foundation against which the stream beat vehemently and immediately it what fell and the rain of that house was great. He's saying to follow him, obedience to him, to be a disciple means to construct our life in a different way. 
And we're going to get there right now. He says in his word, Jesus is, is not saying this to be mean or to be harsh. What he is saying is without this level of commitment, guys, gentlemen, disciples, without this level of commitment in your life, you could be swept away. Your life can be destroyed. So the question isn't, are you a believer? For those who are watching online this morning around the world, the question isn't, are you a believer? The question is, are you a disciple? Are you a disciple of Christ? I mean, you know, because Christianity is not, I was taking some vitamins a few weeks ago. Christianity is not a vitamin supplement. I mean, you know, Jesus is not the vitamin C pill we pop in every morning, you know? Right? Um, that we just add to our life. You ever hear, like, testimonies? Which is cool. I think it's awesome, but it's just funny. You know, NFL players, you know, they, you know, when I gave my life to Jesus, you know, now I can really crush people. You know, when I, now when I get that touchdown, man, it's like, you know, I crushed people before, but now it's like, it's better than protein shakes, man. You know, it's like I took my Jesus today. Now when I make that touchdown, I look up and I say, thank you, bro. Hey, you know, that, that, that's not why Jesus came to be a vitamin supplement for us this morning. He came to, to fulfill the father's plan in his life for us that we may follow in his footsteps to fulfill God's plan for our life. All Christians are called to be disciples. This, I would say, is one of the neglected truths. Number two, to be a disciple, number two is neglected witness. How many know we need to witness and tell people about Jesus? People have this mistake that faith in God should be a private matter. Um... I mean, you know, this country was built on freedom to have faith, to love, learn, encourage, and to share the love of God, to evangelize. Amen? Amen. And more and more, the Spirit is to keep it to yourself. Keep your faith, have it privately, keep it in the church. And that is wrong on so many levels. Thomas Jefferson said to people who express their faith, people who do this have neither broken my leg nor picked my pocket. I think that's awesome. He's, what he's saying is when you speak your faith, you, you, you haven't hurt me. You haven't taken money from me. Mark 38 says, for whoever is ashamed of me and my words, in this adulterous and sinful generation, of him the Son of Man will also be ashamed when he comes in the glory of his Father with the holy angels. Never get caught in the trap, church, where we believe our walk with God is just for ourselves. Because discipleship includes other people. Your walk with God is not just you and your me, myself, and I, and this is what I do. Your walk with God includes other people. People at work, 
not to be a nuisance, but to share the love of God when the Lord speaks to you, to speak to someone, to reach out in love. Never get caught in the trap and believe that our walk doesn't involve others. Verse 39, and he spoke a parable to them. Can the blind lead the blind? That involves other people. Can the blind lead the blind? Will they not fall into a ditch? What is Jesus saying here? He's saying right here, without discipleship, without discipleship, people wander blindly and will fall into a ditch and they will miss God. Either because of sin, right here, people are either completely blind, verse 39, or verses 41 and 42, let's get to that right now, they will have a self-righteous blind spots. I'll be the first one to get in line for that right there. Self-righteous blind spot. Right here, let's read. And why do you look at the speck in your brother's eye, but do not perceive the plank in your own eye? Or how can you say to your brother, brother, let me remove the speck that is in your eye when you yourself do not see the plank that is in your own eye? Can I just skip this word right here? Let me skip this word. Uh, okay, okay, I'll just say it. Hypocrite. First remove the plank from your own eye and then you will see clearly to remove the speck that is in your brother's eye. Jesus is saying without discipleship we can become religious hypocrites. Without guidance, without, without discipleship, with, can the blind lead the blind? This is what happens to a people when they reject discipleship. You ever met somebody who all they do all their life is, is they never find a, a, a place where they ground themselves, where they take themselves and their family and say, we're going to plant ourselves here. We are staying through the thick and thin. We're going to be faithful. We're gonna, you'll find these individuals constantly roaming into the religious world, Complaining about everything and everyone and every church. Can the blind lead the blind? When we say, I will go to church, but that's between me and God, I'm not going to open up myself to anyone. I, I'm not going to. I'm not going to open up to. This is between me, myself, and I, and leave me alone. Jesus says, you might have a problem. You just might have a problem with self-righteous spirit. Just, just. It's, you know, discipleship is not multiple choice. It's not an option. Well, it's expected of us. Discipleship. It's not. Something we, well, I, 
we either are or we're not. Matthew 28 says, 19 says, go therefore, Jesus says, and make what? Disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all things that I have commanded you. Discipleship, dedication, and duplication. It's not just for those preaching. It's not just for those who are on stage singing, for, for the board members. It's for every single one of us, amen? Yeah. To evangelize, to, to, to tell someone. Jesus said to them, make disciples, which means as Christians, God expects us to submit and to be able to be taught by another person. I had someone tell me, well, I'm a disciple to God. And I said, well, it doesn't work that way. You're not in the Bible. I only answered to him. Well, that's fine. You don't have to answer to me. That's between you. Well, I would encourage you to go find yourself a pastor. Uh, it's not cultic. Amen? This is not a cult. Uh, I'm feeling, so, I, I, maybe it's the, the, the camera, I don't know what, but, but it's not a, it's in all walks of life, from sports to music to, I read a story about a man who uh, was a pianist, and he put a sign in his yard, this was, I mean, back in, uh, back in the day, piano lessons, $5 an hour, now it's like 30 bucks an hour, but wow, then a great, the great pianist Petrusky happened to be passing by and came inside and met him and actually began to show him something, teach him, instruct him about his disciplines, his philosophies. After uh, Produsky left, the man went back outside, put a new sign, piano lessons, disciple of Produsky, $10 an hour. <laughs> and this man's story, he actually succeeded and became a, a, a great artist. And uh, he, he, he was, a, to master the Christian life, I myself am submitted to the doctrine and the philosophy, the standards, the disciplines, not only to Jesus Christ, but the church of the Nazarene and also my pastor, Pastor Steve Scott. My, I am submitted to him. He is my pastor. You know, um, Arrhenius, who was a disciple of Polycarp, the great Polycarp, who was a disciple of John. You all know that? The Apostle Paul, he even made no issues of this. He understood a disciple is a student, is a follower. 1 Corinthians 4.16. Therefore, I urge you, he says, I urge you to imitate me. King James Version, I believe, says, follow me. As you seek to walk this life, he's saying, watch my life. Watch my prayer life. Watch how I, what, 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 how I interact. What, you, you, grow and learn. A student is not above his teacher. A student is not above his teacher. Before Christ ascended to heaven, he he told his disciples, now I want you to go and make disciples of your own. 
1 Corinthians 11.1 1 says, follow my example. This is Paul. Follow my example as I follow the example of Christ. The question is, are you willing to be a disciple? Are you willing to follow and learn and, yes, be accountable to someone other than God himself? Are we able to do that, church? Even some people who lived in Jesus' day never caught the vision, never grasped, because Jesus was just a man. And to be honest, church, I'm convinced that God does this for a reason. This is an eye-opener for the proud. This is an eye-opener for the rebellious. This is an eye-opener for the independent spirit who does not want to submit under a church, under a church board, under a pastor. An eye-opener for us to see our blind spots because my flesh don't want to submit to nobody. What did you say? Who do you think you're talking to? Yes, Pastor Steve, I got it. <laughs> Will we follow? Will we be teachable? Will you be humble? Even if you have been exposed to a less than perfect leader in the past? Maybe you're exposed to one now. Don't say amen. I don't know. Uh, you know. Did you have perfect parents, church? So do we flush that concept down the drain? I didn't have perfect parents, so I'm just, no, I, I'm not going to parent, and I don't believe in parenting. Thank you, Mr. Dell Lewis. I appreciate that. I, 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 can we be real this morning? You know, mothers, fathers, were you, have you been perfect? Grandparents, have you, you know, dads, I know your brilliant ideas haven't always worked out. Wives, don't say amen. <laughs> do, we, do we just flush that concept down the, hey, you know, I'm not, I don't believe in it. Because I had one bad experience. I had many bad with my mom and my dad. No, no, but... A kid can say, I've had, no, I'm not going to, no, but the Bible says, honor your father and your mother. So, maybe, just maybe, you've had a bad pastor, you've had a bad leader, find a new one. Forgive, let go, and move forward. Amen? I'd rather have someone not sit in this pew bitter and upset at me and hurt. I, I, I'd rather have them find another church where they could submit and listen and, and respect and make heaven their home than to sit 
here hurt. Come and talk to me. Talk to someone in the church. Maybe, maybe it's a leader. Maybe, maybe, I don't know, a leader in the church who's not a leader anymore, and you need to... We all need a pastor, amen? Where God can speak into their life and that he may speak into our lives. The pastor's heart is to pray for his church to protect God's house. But what scares me, the problem is some people on earth, there is no man worthy of them submitting to on God's green planet. Not one. And that's a scary place to be. The Bible says you will never be above your teacher. But they don't even want to be under the teacher. Even Michael Jordan understood this. Michael Jordan, he could play better than Phil Jackson. Phil Jackson was just, <laughs> Jordan was the man. But Jordan understood something. He knew that it was Phil who was giving him what he, telling him way. And Jordan, even Jordan, got in his place. Thank you. Humility. You know, when I see Pastor Steve, when I see Pastor Todd, I, I, there are things in our lives that I covet in a good way. I want, I want some of that anointing. I want that maturity. I, I want it. I pray for it. I pray for my pastors. I, I, I want to bless my pastors. I want to help my pastors. Our pastors need our help, amen? But the real question this morning as I move forward is not how long you've been serving the Lord or where you've been going to church or it doesn't really matter. The question is, who is your pastor? We're going to be coming out of, we, we got a lot of things with COVID and all this stuff going on, but as we move forward as a church, God is directing me and say, okay, who is, who is your pastor? Are you, who, who is discipling you? You're somebody's disciple and you're, you're making disciples whether you realize it or not, for good, for bad, in your own lives. We have either successfully submitted our hearts to the leader God has appointed to us by God and opened ourselves to be taught, to be discipled, or we have not. Church, this is an encouraging word for you if this morning, if maybe, maybe you have or had a leader in the past and you, and you need to forgive. But each and every one of us in this place are being discipled by somebody, something. Maybe it's a church website, maybe it's YouTube channel. 
But I want to be honest with you, church. The true and tangible blessings come from when you, in your heart, submit yourself to God and say, God, if this is who you placed in my life, I'm going to, I'm going to submit. I'm going to be accountable, be held accountable, because I want to grow. You might be Michael Jordan, and there's a lot of you out there. You know more than me. You're more mature than me. I look up to you. But in your heart, thirdly, I want to look at the neglected fruit. A disciple is not above his teacher, but everyone who is perfectly trained will be like his teacher. Whoa, that word perfectly scares me. That word perfect threw me off, but I felt better after I looked into it because it doesn't say we don't have any flaws. This word perfectly right here actually means to mend or repair. And actually, it's crazy. When Jesus found the disciples on the shore, what were they doing? Mending nets. So Jesus uses this word perfectly to express, to, to, to show them because when I see this word perfect, I'm thinking perfect, perfectly? I can't disciple anybody perfectly. No, no, no. Jesus is telling them, mend or repair. That's the word. That's the same word. After every night of fishing, they would spread their nets, get out, and look at every thread, strengthen and reinforce because they didn't want the net to what? Break, especially when they got the big one. Right, Jerry? When they got the big one, they didn't want the big one to get away. He's saying every disciple, if you're a disciple, every disciple, when it's finished, will have been mended. Will have the ability to hold the fruit, the blessing that is coming to your life. And when it comes, it won't get away. It won't leave. It'll stay in place. Because you have been perfected. You have been discipled. Amen. It saddens me. I've seen people lose five, ten years of their life because they stop right here. They want to be involved in all the ministries in the world. But when it comes to submitting them their heart to their leader, they can't do it. No, they won't do it. They won't be a disciple. They're just a believer. They will not submit. They will not humble themselves and they'll find themselves in a religious wilderness going through the emotions and never experiencing true breakthrough in their life. Because when I look at the scripture, I see the true meaning of discipleship as God is mending the tornets of our life. And that's going to involve emotion. That's going to involve some friction. That's going to involve some opening up ourselves. That's going to involve structure of life. 
a new way of thinking. Verse 42, here's Jesus, okay, Pastor Jesus. You think he wants to call people a hypocrite? He's not trying to, you know, he's saying, remove the plank from your own eye. Then you will see clearly to remove the speck in someone else's eye. He's like, I want you to be better at this. I want you to grow. I want you to learn. I want you to be better at helping people. But you also need to have some money because to be able to speak into your life. Verse 43, no good tree bears bad fruit, nor does a bad tree bear good fruit. Each tree is recognized by its own fruit. People do not pick figs from thorn bushes or grapes. Church, what I get here, discipleship is not when you have, discipleship is when you have a sincere desire to help another person to fulfill God's call for their life. That's true fruit. Fruit to me is not a million dollars in a house. That, that's not fr fruit. is when you, when you invest your life into somebody that they may in turn also now start investing in somebody else. Fruit. What a blessing it is to be part of this church this house, many people here invest, and your fruit is still living today. Verse 48, here's the promise. They are like a man building a house who dug down deep and laid the foundation on the rock. When the flood came, the torrent struck that house but could not shake it because it was well built. This morning, I know we're running a little late, but I really want to take the time. I'm going to have Pastor Barb come up. And my sister, if you can play some, some, uh, some, some music in the background, we're going to take this time. Uh, this is healing prayer this Sunday. Um, but I want to I take it a step further. Maybe this morning, you, your body's fine, you're, you're strong, you're healthy, but emotionally, mentally, you've been hurt, you've been wounded, you've been bruised, you've been affected by a, a, a years past, maybe a leader, maybe a pastor. You, this morning, you need, healing, you need healing within yourself this morning. You come down. Maybe this morning it has nothing to do with that. Maybe it's something in your body. God can heal you this morning. We serve a God who's still in the healing business. I see it every day, even in my own life. So this morning, as our sister plays, if, uh, if you're not coming down, I would urge you, encourage you to pray. Pray in your seat. Pray whatever God has spoken to you about. I so love you all. May God be with you. Amen today. Amen.
all stand church. Amen. Stand with me as we dismiss. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. If I could have uh, Brother uh, Juan, if you could please come and dismiss us and pray us out of here. Church, have a blessed Sunday. Looking forward to seeing you Thursday night. Um, please come and be blessed. What an amazing time. Who enjoyed Thursday? Amen. Yes. Come. Um, we... Uh, Miss Barb is teaching a class. We have Pepe teaching a class. Uh, it's, it's just an amazing time of worship. And so come and be fed Thursday night. Meet us. Thank you. Heavenly and gracious Father, thank you for this day. Thank you for uh, this message that you give to us today, Lord. We pray, Father, uh, throughout this week that you be with us. You guide us, Father. And Lord, uh, you know, we pray for, uh, you know, for, for, for your people to go... Uh, to go work the fields, Lord. Uh, today, give us the courage, give us the wisdom, give us the insight, give us the discernment to do so, Father. To not be afraid to talk to these people that are in need today, Father. Right? Let us not keep it to ourselves. Like Pastor was saying, you know, let us go out there without fear and proclaim the truth that people now need to hear. The truth that you're the Savior. You're the one who saves. Yes, that there is a hell and there is a heaven. And by accepting your, accepting your son, Jesus Christ, we will go to heaven. It's not just believing. It's doing what he asked us to do. Thank you, Lord, for this day, Father. And we're ready for you to send us, Father. Amen.